Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. Just a language warning for this episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and passed over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the Afterlight. And I'm joined today by Diamiro Rose. D'Agostino. She has devoted the last 17 years to allyship with the spirit realms with a specialized focus in fairy. Her spirit work has taken her to sacred places all over the world where she listens to the whispers of the land to awaken song lines, facilitate land healings, originate new earth mythology, and build inner earth star temples to support awakening consciousness from the inside out. Having activated and embodied the living fairy codes as a healing medicine frequency in service to Gaia and humanity at this time, Dear Mira offers transmissions, initiatory journeys, vibrational essence, medicines of forest flower, and elemental alchemy, opening fairy heart portals of holy remembrance for you to know yourself fully and awaken into embodied mythic reality. Diamira holds a BA in modern language and culture, Spanish and Italian. She is an ordained healing minister of Inner Quest Metaphysical Church, a teacher of metaphysical principles, energy and fairy healer, psychic counselor, ceremonialist, spirit worker, and certified flower essence practitioner. And she's going to be joining me today to talk about her journey into fairy. We're going to be talking about what fairies are exactly and how you can connect to them in your own life. I also do want to talk to you a little bit about your medicinal essences that you do, which we know are from the forest and flower. And we're just going to sort of see what else we can get into today. So dear Mira, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me. I am looking forward to our conversation today. I got to say, I am feeling a little bit excited and so much to the point where I had to like literally read your bio four or five times. And don't worry to our listener <laughs> at home. I edited all that out so you could avoid that. But I just wanted to call it out right away because I haven't had anyone on the show uh, that we could talk all about the fairy world. And I'm so excited about that. I'm, I literally cannot wait. And the minute when, um, you know, I knew you're going to be on the show, I was at the edge of my seat with excitement because... I personally have been connected to the fairies for, I think, my whole life. Oh, I even have a little fairy deck sitting right here. And, you know, being able to talk to somebody else about it is just so wonderful. So thank you for being here, my sister. Let's go back before we go forward. Let's talk a little bit about 
how did your spiritual journey manifest? Have you always been spiritual? And when did you start to get a little inkling that there was something else going on? Yeah, thank you so much for that question. Um, and I will just say it, 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 often manifest, especially when I meet somebody that feels like a kindred spirit that has that fairy connection, that the energy just seems to bubble over. And so there <laughs> is this effervescence that comes forward. And it's so important. I have to remind myself, okay, ground, ground, ground. That's and, all thank you. Uh, Telling me right? That Not that fairy is ungrounded because fairy is so deeply connected to the earth. But, but the energy can be powerful, especially when you lock in it from that heart level. And I feel like that was what was happening with us. And it was just like, okay, it was just this effervescence of bubbles just spilling over. So thank you for that. <laughs> I actually want to talk about being like, I feel like drunk on fairy potion or something like, <laughs> like that. I have that effect on people sometimes. <laughs> like, what's happening to me? <laughs> begin have you always been spiritual and I will yeah. say I, I've been reading your book um your initiation my fairy soul awakening book it's fantastic it's so well written it's so beautiful I'm only halfway through it though Thank you um yeah and so I just love to hear a little bit more about your story and I know our listener at home is like what is about to happen I'm ready <laughs> yeah so you know I I mean my early experience in terms of my childhood and it, it what I want to say about my early experience is I think just like any child, I had a connection to awe and wonder. And the thing was, is that I always had a very deep connection to fairy, but so do so many children, especially female children. We just have that open-hearted connection to the realm of fairy. And so it wasn't until quite a number of years later that my connection to spirit began to take me on this very deep and very profound journey. And while there were a lot of high points, like so many spiritual journeys, mine was actually peppered peppered, tinged, colored by a tremendous amount of pain, a tremendous amount of, and I don't mean physical pain, but uh, spiritual pain, emotional pain, pain, um, confusion. I was, I had a lot of anger and I felt really just disconnected. I never felt like I fit in. And so in order to fit in, because not fitting in was so painful, I resorted to a lot of substance abuse. I resorted to just a ton of, I think I describe it in my book as debauchery <laughs> throughout my early, you know, high school years. And it also had a lot to do with the fact that my family uprooted us uh, from Chicago, Illinois, which is a big city in the States, to the South in, well, really a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. That was a huge moment for me. It was a huge shock to my system. It happened right before my eighth grade year. So I felt like the whole foundation was yanked out, out from under my feet. And so I went into this survival mode. And there was this one moment I remember very, very, very deeply. I actually talk about this in the book. 
And prior to this moment, it wasn't that I wasn't interested in spiritual topics, but I was interested in them in a very mental way. It was something that I read the books and, you know, the internet did not have the videos and things back 20 years ago, like we do now, but I was reading the books. I was connected in this way, in, in the mental way. But what happened one day in the midst of my debauchery and disconnection and excessive partying was I had this moment where I walked into my younger brother's room and I, I, he was doing something on the computer. I made some assumption of what he was doing. I thought he was playing a video game. And when I realized that he was actually reading a spiritual forum and we had this interaction that happened, the whole room stopped and started to spin. And the reason this happened was not because I was surprised by what he was, you know, interested in, but it reminded me in that moment that I had completely lost who I was. Not only had I lost who I was, but I had forgotten who he was. Like I, I could have sworn that before that moment, he was like five years younger than he was when I was looking at him in that moment in the room. And it was like, I had just missed out on five years of my life. And so that, that actually impacted me very deeply. And I thought I made this internal commitment to myself. And I said, this is it. You're going to get your shit together. <laughs> and you are going to find what it is you are here for. You are going to wake up. And I did. And so, of course, that wasn't, you know, we talk about something happening in a split second, in a moment in time. And that was a profound moment. And then there's the journey, right? There's always the journey after the moment. There's the chop wood, carry water kind of thing. <laughs> so that was, um, yeah, so that was kind of the, I would say the start of my wake up uh, spiritual reawakening, reawakening, if you will, awakening that which is in all of us, like that childlike innocence, that wonder that I knew from childhood, mm -hmm. that was what peaked through in that moment. Don't you just think that it's so amazing? And I remember when I was younger, I had a, a situation with my brother where he said something to me and it just changed my whole life. Like he was talking about, um, you know, cause I was angry as well for a long time. And I don't really know why it was just kind of like, I had no, no, no reason to be angry necessarily. And um, I just felt that I think I felt on some level, like, why am I here again? <laughs> you know, why am I here again? And then I remember that moment where it was just about calling me out on my anger, where I went, oh, wow. And I realized, you know, that I didn't want to be like that anymore. And I just remember reading that you had that moment with your brother in the book. And I thought, we have these, I feel so emotional talking about it. Oh my God. But we have these teachers that find us on our way. And sometimes we're so lucky that we get to know them our whole lives. And they're our siblings. And we, we are just so blessed to have them. And sometimes they're just teachers in a book or they're teachers in, you know, that we meet and we walk by on the street that ignite that light within us to help us remember why we came here. And it is about the journey, isn't it? It's about us going, okay, now that there's been this spark of light that's been illuminated and lit up within me, what do I now do with this? 
yeah, what do I now do with this? And that is the question. And I, I want to, I want to just acknowledge the long lineage of teachers, all, all of the teachers who have been there for me in my life, seen and unseen. And I will say known and unknown, because like you just pointed out so beautifully, there are so many times, I mean, I think there's a teacher in everyone, even in our worst, quote unquote, enemy, our nemesis, if you will, we're all playing on this beautiful stage of life. And if we can be humble enough, and I'm talking to myself in this moment, <laughs> if we can be humble enough, we can see that the teacher can be in the bird in the tree, but it can also be in my annoying younger brother. It can also be in the person that challenges me. And in fact, I sometimes call a lot of teachers my sacred challengers. So I just really wanna give that we stand on, I feel the shoulders of those who came before us. And I just wanna honor and acknowledge the lineage, those who I know and those who I don't, because um, it's just really present in my life the spirit and the blood lineage. And I'm sure we'll get into that because it is deeply connected for me to fairy. Mm. And it's important. It helps me know where I've come from. And one of the pieces, this is coming back to your question that you, you know, you just asked and like, what do we do with that light that's now ignited? And for me, it, it, <laughs> if I zoom out, what I did with that light, we could see this beautiful threading through of like a tiny light that sometimes gets lost in the darkness. Sometimes it gets brighter. Sometimes it goes so far away, we can barely see it. We're sure we've lost it. But over time, if we zoom out and I zoom out from my little human eyes and more into a wider perspective or going into heart consciousness, what I can see is that, oh no, the light was never lost. Yeah, I turned off the road there. Yeah, I did a little twist there. Yeah, I kind of went around on like five circles there before I exited and then had to turn around like, <laughs> you know, yeah. no, I'm not drunk. It's just the spiritual journey. <laughs> or maybe I was, who knows? Or maybe I was. Um, and so, <laughs> so it was a threading through, but that threading through, and again, from the spiritual perspective is a very graceful and beautiful natural human thing phenomena, but from the on the ground boots on the ground. Uh, it's messy it's messy it's <laughs> times it's ugly it um i mean there are moments along the way that I can recall that there i'm still cringing that I still have to do a lot of self forgiveness a lot of grace calling forward grace for myself um because yeah what do you do with that light once you have once it's been reawakened and ignited and i think that there's a a quote that didn't actually make it in my book but i've reserved it for hopefully some other way that it weaves in and it basically is it's like everything is not always roses and buttercups. And even when it is, we would do well to remember that roses have thorns and buttercups are poisonous. And so I feel like that 
is essentially the answer to your question. That's what I did with the light is it wasn't like the next day I woke up and I became a yogi meditating on uh, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro and suddenly I lifted off and, you know, I'm walking on water. It was quite the opposite. Now it was almost like the wake up call had happened. And now I'm turning around awake and I'm looking around and looking at my life and saying, what am I going to do about this? And that's what really catalyzed, I would say, gosh, the next five years of deep searching, uh, studying with teachers, uh, trying to make sense of the world around me, trying to discern even spiritual teachings and what I was being, um, what was being shared with me. And that was a huge journey for me, discernment, and then working through a few traumas that came up and really is, is very, um, I want to use the word, paralyzing as the traumas were the traumas that I had to work through very much were so interconnected with my journey into the depths of fairy and I know we'll get to that in a moment into the deep heart of fairy that I wouldn't have had it any other way I don't I don't know how I I mean we can do things a million ways in the game of life but I can't imagine how else I would have been able to be pulled to the descent because we awaken. And then once I awakened, I realized, oh, I went up. Now I got to go down. Now I got to descend into my own shit, into my own past, like the deep soul past, not just my you know childhood past, but into my soul past. Mm-hmm. I have to descend and I have to meet and greet what is um, what I'm being confronted by. I don't want to meet and greet that though. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) I know, but we do and we have to. And you know what? I I mean, it's so funny because when we look at our life and I love how you just so eloquently taught, talked about, you know, the, the journey of the light and, you know, sometimes it's dim and sometimes it's bright. And, you know, I think that when you're on the spiritual journey and I mean, hindsight is 2020, for sure. When you're on the spiritual journey, you're like, Oh, I, I'm, that makes so much sense now. But when you're kind of actively there and you're actively pursuing stuff and you go, okay, I'm now at the point where I can go, I have a level of consciousness and a level of awareness to go, what can I do with this now? How can I transmute it? How can I move forward with, you know, within it? How can I take this lesson and maybe share it with other people? And I love how you acknowledge, you know, the teachers that have come before, because when we think about it, you know, we are at such a privileged time to be able to have a conversation in a public place about elementals and the fairy world. And the fact is that until people went before us and were having those conversations, paving the way, being the first it would have been a lot more difficult. And I think for speaking for myself, for those who really identify with having gone through some crazy stuff in the past, let's say on the soul level, rearing our head and speaking our truth and coming out and saying, you know, that I'm connecting with the the elementals or I'm working with the elements, you know, that brings a lot of fear. And I think that, you know, when we know better, we do better. That's for sure. But I think what, you know, when you were speaking, what it was making me think about was 
was also being almost compassionate and graceful for the ebb and flow of life and the the journey that we're going on and knowing we don't always have to be up because when we're down, then we are almost encouraged or sometimes forced to seek other answers, new trainings, go to new locations. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I was just writing about this today in an email I sent out. It's we're so encouraged, especially in our, you know, modern world to go, go, go forward, forward, forward. And if we pause or complete something or quote unquote, give death to something, it's automatically assumed that there was something wrong as opposed to honoring the natural cycles of life. And yeah, I, I just feel like that's such a beautiful, um, a beautiful teaching. It's one that the three mysteries have brought me sometimes <laughs> I've been, you know, nudged gently into, and other times I've been dragged kicking and screaming <laughs> into that truth of um, the cycles of life and honoring death just as much as we honor life. And I'm not just talking about physical death, honoring somebody's physical death. I'm actually talking about the spiritual deaths that we go through when we give death to an ego and identity. And, you know, this, this reminds me of my journey with fairy, because I, I don't know that I've ever spoke about what's like coming forward for me in this moment. I've never spoke about it in this framework that I'm, I'm just gonna, I haven't articulated it like this before, but it's really strong right now. So I am seeing, I know, right. I am seeing my journey with fairy in these different stages. And what started out as a, almost a, uh, a sweet and sacred return to this childhood connection that I remembered. And, and I say it like that because it, it wasn't whimsical. It wasn't frivolous. It was deep. It was when I returned and had this return moment of connecting with fairy, it was a very, very sacred and profound moment and, and a homecoming. And it was a reconnection again with all that is magical of the magical child, right? We talk so much about the wounded child, but in this work, connecting with reconnecting with the inner magical child is just as important and because she she knows she remembers and she knows how she remembers how to connect with these realms and so there was that initial connection and i didn't have all the head um mental understandings at that time it was just i'm reconnecting with fairy as i deepened that the connection with fairy what started out with something outside of me, meaning I was connecting with the beings that were fairy. And we can talk about how I see the fairy beings, because um, mm. I think it's a little different than how other people see them. Um, but I, it started out as this outer connection. And eventually, it pulled me in, and it came full circle, pulling me into myself and awakening me into the realization that not only was I awakening this magical child connection of fairy out there, that I 
was remembering and waking up the fairy within. I was remembering, spoiler alert, because <laughs> this is in my book. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was remembering who I was at a soul level, at a fairy soul level, because I remember when I was fairy. And it's it, it's not even a mental remembrance, even though I do have images and visions and that sort of thing. It's an embodied remembrance. I can feel it in my blood, in my bones. I can feel the wind in my veins. I can feel the earth living inside me and breathing that fire, that flameless fire that lives deep within the earth breathes in me. And it has been activated and remembered. And so I now meet fairy out there, fairy, my, the beings that I work with, that I'm in deep allyship and partnership with, I meet them as kin. They are my brethren. They are my kin. And I'm saying that again at the deepest and most intimate level. And, and, and so that was like this, this, you know, this stage, these stages that I went through. And what that piece of the journey did for me is it rooted me into belonging. I now knew as much as I'd been running around before trying to seek and seek and seek. Now all that calmed down because I just knew I belonged at the deepest level, at, at such a deep level. And and I'm saying that because, you know, my ancestry is so scattered. I have probably at least nine different ethnicities in from my mom and my dad that I know about. And and so because of that, you know, I, I'm a rainbow woman, but I'm also but I also a lot of it was diluted, right? Some of the uh, connection to my family, my family bloodlines were stronger than others. It just depended on which ethnicity we were talking about growing up. And with fairy, it went beyond that. It's not that that didn't matter. It was that it encapsulated that. It wrapped it up like a huge hug, like a huge embrace and said, all of it belongs because I am older than all of you. And, and, and I'm speaking that from fairy, like from the heart of fairy, like fairy is older than, than all of it. Fairy is older than some of, than the ethnicities that we have names for. Fairy goes beyond that. It's pre-culture. And there's something very powerful and profound about that. And um, yeah, so I'm just going to pause there for a moment before I go on. I just want to see how yeah. that lands. And then yeah. if you have any questions. Oh, I only have about 50,000 things. Um, one of the things <laughs> I do... I do want to say though, like when you just went, I am older than all of that, your uh you shifted into this where you where your eyes changed and you just went boom. And I feel like I went, oh girl, there she is, you know. And when you were talking, it's funny because on the show I've been talking lately a little bit about claircognizance and claircognizance meaning that we have inner knowing, okay. And I think one of the things that we get wrapped up with in our human life, I'm getting so much like confirmation here from spirit. Thank you. Um, is that we want to justify everything. And when we can strip away the mind, when we can strip away the, the brush we've been painted with the Italian, the Canadian, the American brush, you know, all of that, when we can remove all of that and we can bring it back 
to the coreness of our soul, of our being. We do so with no words. And I think that's what you were trying to kind of say. You're, you're not saying like my culture isn't important and all my, you know, my lineage is not important. No, because you obviously have incarnated as this woman here with those, you know, those cultural, um, you know, that lineage behind you and all that kind of stuff. But when we can remember, wait a minute, we're sort of just incarnated as human. We're actually just soul. So my name's Lauren. This is a name that was given to me from people that are also incarnating here as human. It's not the name of my soul being. <laughs> my soul being, I don't think really probably even has a name because it just is one with all that there is. And so when you were talking, I was thinking about how and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this about how I felt like in a way you were trying to explain how you just know you are fairy, you just are. And that is just this knowing with no words needed in a way, but then you're feeling like we have to articulate it so that we can connect to other people who aren't, who don't and haven't maybe experienced that 5d feeling yet, or, or, maybe don't really know, you know, maybe you're still learning about this process. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. There are so many thoughts. <laughs> the, the files have opened and now I have to go through and decide and curate the files and see who wants to speak first. <laughs> but they, they best take they best take a number. So I'm one yeah, speak at a time. Um, so First and foremost, I absolutely agree in terms of, well, before I go there, actually, I do want to speak and say, because I, I do know that what if it, if it was not heard in the way that I intended it, I, I could see how somebody could think that I might be um, in some way downplaying culture or, um, or I don't think it came across like whitewashing that. it or something like that. And oh. I want to say that culture is so beautiful and and beautiful and it serves and pre-culture and going beyond that also serves. Yeah. And what was interesting and what I'm about to say, and this is going to take us very deep is, and, and this is like what I'm going to say is literally like 15 years, the last 15 years of my journey that I'm going to distill down is for me it was when blood met spirit and what i mean by that is i realized through deep work of my soul and then just because this was the way that i journeyed it in this incarnation i did soul work first and then i spiraled around and i began to do deep ancestral work and at some point what happened was this sacred intersection where i had this depth of knowing and a lot of other and remembrances that are too vast to go into for the span of the show that showed me that not only was I fairy on a soul level, meaning that I had incarnation as fairy, right? Meaning like prior past incarnations as fairy, but that I also had fairy blood. So somewhere way up in the ancestry, there was actually blood ancestors that had fair that were fairy that had fairy blood and believe it or not that's actually more common than we when than we realize and in a lot of peoples that live very close to the earth and a lot of um 
a lot of traditions the world over, they talk about fairy blood. They talk about the fairy prince in the blood, the, the magic prince. And a lot of times they would talk about um, the, you know, the, the second sight and the witch's blood. But this was often, often used synonymously with suggesting that people had descended at one time or another from fairy kin. And, you know, at some level, do we all come from fairy? And that's a deep inquiry that I've been in, um, in, in, in my own work for the last quite a number of years. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I'll pause there, but then to return to your question about the mind, which is when I usually begin, when I share this work, and that also has had many iterations and, and it's been a journey. I really begin and say, your mind cannot do this work. Your mind, it, people will say, oh, you believe in fairies. You know, I believe in fairies. And I say, with all due respect, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you believe in fairies. It, it means nothing to me and it doesn't mean anything to them either. And it ultimately doesn't mean anything to the depths of your soul. It just means something to your mind. Nobody cares about your belief. What matters is your experience and your heart. And that is the place where this sacred work, when we delve into the fairy mysteries, we have to suspend our belief and our disbelief. We have to suspend both. And I say both because because of a lot of cultural imagery, because of society over the last few hundred years, we have all worked up in our heads how we think fairies look like. We think they look like Tinkerbell. Might we have a presentation that maybe manifests as Tinkerbell? Maybe, if it serves our state of consciousness right. at that time. Yeah. But, it, but when we hold these forms in our mind, they also limit the ability for us to have a deep soul communion. And so at the beginning of this work, when somebody is embarking on this journey, I say, you will do yourself a world of good if you just put away all the meditations that like try to lead you into fairy. Yeah. I don't even recommend them, honestly, but work on, and you're not gonna ever get rid of your mind, beautiful mind, make nice to the mind, yeah. but begin to disengage and drop into the sacred yeah. space of the heart and cultivate the heart as an old organ of perception. That is key in this sacred work. And I think by def, I think that is key in all spirit work, really. Yeah. But in working with the fairy realm, it is huge, is letting go of the mind and moving into body consciousness and moving into heart consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I remember when I first started this show, I interviewed a woman, Sandy Turkington, and she was on the show and she's a, she's a medium. And, and I was, I was trying to figure out, I was like, well, how does it work exactly? And she was sort of saying that it's like, you have two brains, two minds. We have the mind that just receives the info and you just deliver it. It's very clear cognizant. Do, 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 here we go. And then we've got the other mind that's going, I know what's going on here. I'm going to draw, dredge up a story. I'm going to remember what's happened to me, blah, blah, blah. All the things that I've learned, I'm going to paint a different picture of this. And I, I realized myself as a medium last year, and I, I realized what she meant for the first time 
where I went, oh, there's a difference between what my mind thinks and knows and has been taught and conditioned to believe, right? Versus the truth, which actually just presents itself as is with no kind of labeling on it. It just is what it is. And I, and I love how you're, you're talking about that. And I will say for a listener at home, who's going, yeah, but how does that happen? Well, it's a journey sister. It's a journey. It's process. It's, it's meditations. It's learning to be aware of the voice you have, that you have a voice in your mind. It's learning to go, wait a minute. You're right. I have been taught to look at fairies as Tinkerbell, but I've also been taught just through life experience that if I look at the beauty of a trunk of a tree, that I might see a face peering out at me and that face doesn't look like Tinkerbell, right? I want to share something from your book, if I may, my, my girl, just before we keep going, because it's just so beautiful. And I think it's just, it would set a perfect intro into the next part of our chat tonight. So I'm just going to read your prologue. And it just, um, I remember when I, when I read this, I just felt like, like I'd been transported to this magical world that I, I was like, I'm ready. I want to open the gates, show me the way. So this is what you say in your book, initiation, my fairy soul awakening. Thousands of years ago, the fairy gates began to close standing in the rising mists were the shining ones. They offered a final blessing. I can't even read it. <laughs> okay. May the memory of Gaia be with you, they said to those of us who were departing, but they also spoke to humanity as a whole. Then the mist took over, rising higher and higher until the other world of fairy seemingly vanished. A deep melancholy swept over the land, but a light could still be seen. Like a soft, tiny flame that flickered and danced through the now thick blanket of haziness. All those with the ability to see with their heart, however, could discern the presence of that which now lay enshrouded in the mist just beyond the veil. The Shining Ones hoped these dear souls could continue to stoke the fires of memory within their sacred and holy heart temple. They would do their part, and they did for a long, long time, until all was eventually forgotten. It's so, like... That just gets me really deep in my heart when I when I read that. And I, I also wanted to read that because I wanted to, for our listener at home who was curious and didn't quite understand about how could somebody come from a fairy bloodline, um, the idea is that fairies walked among us like humans, right? And so this kind of, I felt like this painted a really beautiful picture of almost like the time before the time we're in now where we're needing to yeah would you like to comment on that my girl that's just so beautiful I just thought it was so powerful oh my god I need a tissue yeah thank you so much um so do you want me to comment on that what you just asked about about that inquiry around did we once walk hand in hand with the fae yeah that let's talk about that and then let's go into about the gates closing and and all that if you're here for the gym, yeah my god we could talk about this forever yeah yeah so what i want to um preface this with is saying that the deeper i go on this journey i have <laughs> i have more questions 
less answers. And I say that because I don't want anybody to, my words are my experience and they are ever evolving. And what I have experienced and what I taught 10 years ago is very different than what I teach the way that I teach from now. And so I just want to say that, that I really encourage each person to do their own independent investigation of what is true for them. And especially around this subject, but what my experience is with this and for those of the listeners who are familiar perhaps with the ancient civilizations of Atlantis or Lemuria is would that be something that your listeners are familiar with Lauren they would be on some level we've talked about it on the show before but we haven't I haven't done deep dives into Atlantis or Lemuria but so you could touch on it briefly but I'm sure some of them would be familiar with those names and you know the idea of, of Atlantis back at yeah so just like Atlantis and we hear you know there's tons of books, not just nonfiction books, but tons of stories that have been written about the, they've fictionalized it, they've non-fictionalized it, they've done a lot of different things. And you have these different perspectives. And the way I see it is Atlantis, and I'm using this because this is going to be very similar. We're just going to take this. And while it's not a one-to-one correspondence, it is going to be very similar to what I'm going to say about my understanding of ancient fairy and how we are connected as humanity to fairy. With Atlantis, Atlantis was both a physical expression, but it was also an energetic. And what I mean by that is we are talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. At the very earliest, we're probably talking about 10 to 13,000 years ago. That's a long time ago. And at the very least, the Earth's magnetic field has shifted poles at least once since then. Science knows that, right? Through the ocean floor spreading. So what I'm saying is that the vibration of the Earth has shifted over time. And so I think that that's important to think with is just the experience that we're experiencing of having this experience of dense physical matter has not always been the majority um (laughs) the majority population on the earth that's not been the majority experience on the earth thousands and thousands of years ago it was a much more subtle vibration of experience and even even like those of us who are familiar with shamanic journeying and doing journeying meditations we move into non-ordinary states of consciousness right where we can access realms that are just as real as ours but they have a different vibrational experience which is why if we're in the waking form of consciousness we don't connect with them so thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago provided that we want to talk about time in a linear sense, which is also not accurate. Uh, you see how we get convoluted here when we start going down the rabbit hole. But the the Earth was much in a much less dense state. And I'm talking about thousands. I'm talking about pre-Atlantis. The last stage of Atlantis was probably about 13,000 years ago. Lemuria was probably a minimum of 25 to 30,000 years ago. And that would have been the last phase of Lemuria. So why am I talking about this? Because this was a time when the earth was in her early heating and cooling phases when it was a very um, subtle expression when there weren't so many energies that were as dense as we are now and so it was during this time that it was it was 
I'm going to say believed for lack of a better world, a word, but it was, it is an experience that many elders on this planet have. And for those of us who kind of deepen into soul, like we were talking about, I am pre-culture, I'm older than culture. When we go back into that knowingness, into that sacred memory, that's not here, but it lives in the heart records, the Akashic records that live at the heart of the earth and in the heart of our own you know, being. When we go into that energetic, what we may experience as I have is a time when, when the earth was pure song, song in the most poetic sense, song in the most color filled way looking out at the world was an expression of song and dance and living lines of energy that sung life into being each and every moment the trees sang with the flowers sang with the rivers and all of these energies flowed one into the other and so this was a time when humanity was in a very different state than it is now we had our what we might call our original ancestor and some believe that during this time not only did we walk with fairy and there is a caveat and i'll come back to that not only did we walk hand in hand with fairy but we were fairy i'm talking about go back to doesn't matter let's look at judeo-christian and i'm not from a religious sense but just from a purely historical sense we look at the garden what was the garden of paradise what is shangri-la what is shambhala these are energetic what it what is avalon these are energetics when the frequency of the earth was very different and when we walked in a very different way and so it is remembered by quite a number of us that this was a time that we not only walked with fairy, but we were fairy. And I don't mean fairy in the sense that how the she, S-I-D-H-E, are now, because they too have evolved. Not how we are humans now, because we have evolved. But there was a point that if you go back far enough, that we were one in the same. And at some point, and we hear about this in all of the deep myths. If we go into a lot of the world myths, a lot of indigenous myths, we hear about the split. It was mimicked in Atlantis, but we hear about the split or the fall. What was the split or the fall? And if we take off the religious veneer, we're left with there was a change in consciousness that happened. I poetically share about it in my book in that passage that you just read i share about us as we move out of the mists we moved out of the mist away from what we knew as fairy why not because of any christian or judeo veneer of sin but because we chose to have an experience in matter and that's what we're doing to this day and there were those energies and beings who remained not stuck in static and stuck in 
some timeless state of paradise, but they too went on their own evolutionary journey. It was just very different from us, where we explored and descended deeply into matter. They had their own experience in a way that I barely have words for. I can only touch on it in poetry and song. And, and in some places, I just, again, little tinges of it come through maybe in my book, or when you have your own experience, you'll know it. But it is, but they've had their own journey too. And now here we are, 2023, right? We're in 2023, aren't we, Lauren? Here we, we are at 2023. And we thank apparently. you for that validation, apparently, right? And we are coming to this full circle moment. There are many cycles of the ages that are completing and, and colliding in on themselves. And what's happening is there's this sacred invitation that's gone out throughout all of the planet that says, it's time to come back home and coming back home doesn't mean a return to the past it means a coming back home so you can trade secrets so you can share and exchange energy codes so you can share and exchange experience and where you've been and what you've learned because what we have learned is very different than what they have learned and what they have learned is different than what we have learned but we need both to move forward and to go where we're going in this new journey that most of us can't even conceive of, which is the new earth consciousness. I actually feel so emotional when you're talking about that. <laughs> that like, it's so beautifully put. I guess like when we get that, that reaction, and I'd love to know, like if our listener at home, you know, send me a DM or let DM, you know, like that's truth, right? That's truth. When it hits your heart and you go, that's truth. I think when we have that emotional reaction with no need to think about it, we just feel it in our heart and our soul. We just know that is <laughs> Thank you for letting me share that. It's powerful and you have to ask yourself, well, at least, I mean, I'm, you don't have to ask yourself anything, but when you're speaking, I kind of can see all of these things in my life that are lining up or the readings I'm doing for people and the things coming through and I'm going, I'm, I'm starting to understand or my need even um, in particular for the last few weeks to just, I've been so tired, like just needing to rest and needing to, you know, prepare. And, you know, when you're talking about the remembrance, you're talking about sharing those secrets, sharing that, that knowledge, it's, it's so difficult to conceptualize this on a mental, in a mental way. And um, I, I shared with our, our listeners a couple of weeks ago in an episode where I was talking about how I, I was listening to this book called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. And uh, there was this, this chapter in it. And um, it's like on the audiobook, it's chapter 38. I don't, I know that doesn't exist in the, in the physical thing, but it, that, that's beside the point. But it was talking about the oneness with all that there is. And I had this shift in my mind where I went, oh my God. And I got it. And I didn't get it in an intellectual way. I got it in the sense that I went out on my deck and I looked out at the stars and I saw my partner there and my dog and all the trees 
and I felt the wind and I just went, I get it. I am one with all that there is. And I felt that on a completely different level that I never felt before. So I see what you mean with the shift. I feel it in myself. You know, I feel it in my heart. And when you spoke that, it just got me deep. It, it made me, it, it reinforced what I already know to be true and, and to be happening. Yeah, there's, you know, you asked me earlier, like, um, in my journey of teaching and doing my most humble best to impart the fairy mysteries <laughs> to others, um, I have often, there's just been this, again, another deep inquiry of mine of how do you convey this to somebody else? Because I could, and I have gone down this road and it wasn't helpful for me or others. I can spend time and break it apart and isolate it and categorize it and figure out how to speak about it really smartly and maybe even write an academic paper so people think I'm really smart. And what good does that do? What good has that, where has that gotten us in terms of the modern world of us isolating everything? And I'm talking about some of the modern medicine bless it and also you know the way that we isolate things and the way that we have to pull right. things apart instead of looking at things from a holistic, holistic. perspective and so right right exactly and yeah. so it's the same thing with this work is i have in, there have been some moments of my life where i have catered to either that part of myself that is like come on diamira get with it you can you you need to explain this this is this is what people want or I have, you know, again, listened to, yeah, somebody else saying like, well, I need, that needs to be broken down more. I can't tell you how many marketing and business coaches I've worked with that have said, well, you need to communicate it in, um, you know, very specific, practical, grounded language that people understand. There were a lot of beautiful nuggets of wisdom I got from the coaching industry, and I've spent three years deprogramming it from it. Because because what it, what what my journey did is I had to let go of all of that. I had to let go of other people's expectations of how, you know, again, wanting me to teach in this very, very linear way and explain things. Well, what do you mean? What I'm talking about cannot it, it can barely be spoken about. But when I speak, my only my humble, my deep desire and my prayer is that somehow I am anchored enough in my body and my heart that when I speak, there is something that comes forward from my being, a frequency, not, not the words, but a frequency that comes forward from my being that somehow transmits and in, is infused in the words that I share and that at the right moment and the right time, they will land with the right and perfect people. And I say that because I've there's so many people that have been in my world and for the first five years, I don't know what she's talking about. There's something about it. I like listening to her. That's what people will say about me. There's something about it. I like listening to her talk. There's something there, but I don't know what the hell she's saying. <laughs> but at some point it lands and they say, oh shit. And I say, yeah, how would you have explained that? 
how would you explain what that what what you just felt just like you explained lauren with that moment of oneness that you had what when when i say this to somebody else when they have that moment like okay now you explain it they don't know how to explain it either they can't explain it the only thing we can hope to do is do it justice and honor and respect it by trying to speak of it from the depths of our authenticity and our heart. And that changes. Our heart is an ever changing and evolving organ. And it and how we I speak about it now in this moment for those who are going to be listening and that group consciousness and what is called for for that group that comes together to listen to my words now is going to be very different than how I might speak about it in five days or five years and it's hopefully the medicine that was needed somehow transmits Mm -hmm. that because you can't articulate this really you can and you can't yeah but what i just experienced right it was feeling it wasn't thinking and and you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about it's the frequency, it's the intention. You could have said garbly blah 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 blah, and it would and if it was delivered with, you know, obviously the mind is going what the hell? That's not it's not even words. But if it was delivered with love and compassion, with the intention behind it, you may feel that on a certain level. And I've gone to healers before who sometimes vibrate sound, not words. And you can feel the shift in the environment because it came with that frequency, that intention sort of behind it. And you're right. We, we can't, we can't label it, but what we are doing here, I think is we are planting seeds where we, (laughs) we might say one word or the frequency behind the word may ignite that little light. And, oh, what they're showing me is like, oh, it's so beautiful. So I'm clairvoyant. So I can, I just get visions and um, they're showing me like the heart and then it's like this beautiful heart. And then in it is that crack, that little crack that slowly, and then that light is just peeking through. And it's like, I can hear a crack of a crack of a stick snapping or something. It feels like it's just breaking open. And I think that's what these conversations do for people. They may not even know it on any level other than there has been a crack of light that has just been ignited in your heart and you are about to open up to this new world, which you have to discover, as you said, for yourself. Yes. Yes. I love that pictorial. That too has frequency as you were just transmitting it. And that is absolutely the case. And I would, I would say that the piece that I've had to get you know, as a teacher, as a mentor, as a, uh, a spiritual guide, I have had and and healer, I one of the <laughs> ingredients to my success formula. And by success, I'm, I'm not talking about worldly success in this moment. I'm talking about how I do what I do the best that I can do it is detachment, detaching from outcome and detaching from other people's how other people receive it that is what i have to do is stay in my lane and know that okay i'm standing forth and being in deepest integrity and deepest authenticity as i am in this moment and it's not my business how it lands who it lands with 
I can't, and I'm only saying this from experience of what I realized I have done mistakenly or, you know, consciously in some cases. And then I have to pull myself back and say, oh, you are getting too attached. You are taking too much responsibility for what is not your responsibility. It's, it's not mine in terms of, I have to surrender and just share what, again, share what arises from me. And it's not my business how, how others receive it. And that ends up being even further medicine because now I'm detached and now it can truly work in the way that it's meant to without my, you know, fingers in the cookie jar. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Because if you're sitting there and you're going on some level, okay, I want to tell I want to deliver this message, but I need to dumb it down for this audience, or I need to, you know, use words that they're going to understand, or I need to, when you are speaking from your heart space, regardless of the words, which we've already established, they come with a certain frequency, which is just going to penetrate whoever's ready to hear it or feel it. When you can do so with, without fear of retribution of, or without needing approval then, like you said, then you can just channel and deliver as opposed, and that, and I feel like we bring in, thank you very much. We, we, it's almost like we bring in that, that mind I was talking about. It's no longer in a way, an intellectual mind. It's the mind of source energy. It's the mind of spirit. It's the mind of fairy coming through and delivering in the way that needs to be delivered to without any additional sort of motivation just with the gift of giving yes yes hey it's lauren this is part one of two episodes so stay tuned for part two which drops next week hi thanks so much for listening to the episode i hope you enjoyed it if you did please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.